by Impact Sports. This is episode number 47. I'm Alex Beaudry. It is officially Mock Draft Monday, so we got Mr. Brian Klemecki back to uh, run through the draft. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Um, so last week, we we got through picks 1 through 10. Yes. We're set up to do picks 11 through 20. You and I were just chatting. Thank God we waited a week because the Eagles and Saints threw a giant wrench in everything. Right. Um but before we before we get to eleven through twenty, let's run through one through ten, and now we're okay. a week we're a week closer to the draft. I'll give you an opportunity if you want to change anything. So, real quick, let's run through who you had in the first ten picks. All right. So going first overall to the Jaguars, I had Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, second overall on the Lions, we had Malik Willis. Third to the Texans was Trayvon Walker. Fourth of the Jets was uh, Sauce Gardner. Uh, fifth to the New York Giants is Evan Neal. Sixth to the Panthers is Kenny Pickett. Seventh, again, to the New York Giants is Kayvon Thibodeau. Eight to the Atlanta Falcons is Garrett Wilson. Nine to the Seattle Seahawks is Ikem Akanwu. And ten to the New York Jets is Kyle Hamilton. All right. So – <clears throat> Looking back, you, you've had a week to digest. Yeah. Anything you'd like to change? Speak so now I think, or forever hold your peace. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of chatter about these quarterbacks. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of chatter about people trying to move up, maybe to get Malik Willis if he falls. Uh, my only tweak would maybe being um, maybe Malik Willis sliding a little bit. Maybe the Lions take a pass rusher at two and Malik Willis slides. Um, that would be like my only kind of tweak here, but you know what? Let's keep Malik Willis at two, but I'm going to just put a, a little asterisk that there might be a trade up to get above the Panthers at six, someone in a five, four, three range to take a quarterback. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to the Saints Eagles in a minute. That reeks to me like the Saints are going to move up. Of course, I can't yeah, there imagine, has to be another move. Yeah, I can't imagine there's like three because you think about in the middle of the draft, there's you'd have to have if you really wanted two picks right there, you would have to have at least four or five guys that you love in the middle of the round, right? Because a couple of your guys that you like are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. To me, what it signifies is. They got someone they want, whether it's a Jameis replacement or a pass rusher or maybe one of these tackles we're talking about. Yeah. It it seems to me they're trying to accumulate as much capital as possible to move up even further. Yeah. This this is a stepping stone move, most feel, to get up into that top five range for sure. So maybe they can get to five. They can convince maybe one of the New York teams to slide down a little bit take their two picks might not be a bad idea for the New York teams to do that. But I think the saints, they can't just be sitting here at what? 16 and 19. No. If I am a jets or honestly, even a giants fan, 
I would love it, man. If you're the Jets and you're sitting there, like let's say Willis slides, let's say Pickett slides. Because if Willis slides and no one jumps up, Carolina's going to have their pick of Willis or Pickett. I mean, I, you and I talked about it last week. Carolina is going to take a quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, if there's a team that's desperate for a quarterback and one of those two guys is sitting at 10 and you're the Jets and you can trade 10 for two more picks, now you turn Jamal Adams into three, essentially three first-round picks. Yeah. yeah. you got to be happy with that if you're a Jets fan. Now, they still have to turn those guys into something, but that would be some hope for a you know franchise that's been kind of kicked for a long time. I think that would be brilliant, honestly. Right. <clears throat> I think the biggest trade down candidate would be one of the New York teams, um, maybe even the Texans too. But I think the three, four, five—that's the. I think that's the teams you're going to be looking at to maybe uh, move down the board here. Yeah, the Texans. The problem is their second pick is thirteen, which isn't as desirable. I mean, I guess if there's a guy that sticks around, but they need everything. They need everything. No I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Are they going to find a partner? I agree with you. The Saints. Um, I, I mean, I think the Saints is they're going to be working the phones for anyone in the three, four, five range to move down. So I oh, so you're Texans, you're saying the Texans moving down from thirteen or from I'm three? Saying, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Saints, either you already have a partner in the three, four, five range to move up, or you are blasting the phone every single day because now you're stuck with sixteen and nineteen to four of those picks. So you have to. I mean, you have to. So if, you know, if one of the New York teams, they all want their corner or their offensive lineman or their pass rusher, you got to convince one of those teams. And I think the Texans might be one of the teams that would be listening to, um, listen to their offer of 16 and 19 for number three. Yeah, I saw another report where um, uh, reports may be a strong word, another opinion. And, and you actually had this in your mock draft that the Falcons are primed to pick a wide receiver at eight whether yeah. it's Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, one of those guys. Yeah. And then and then someone said this that might start a run on wide receivers. Yeah. Um the Jets being the other team to watch at 10. And if you are the Jets and you do want a wide receiver, I would trade out of that 10 pick in a heartbeat if you have a willing partner. Right. Um or even their earlier pick. I always forget, do they have 6? They're 4. The Jets four. have 4. Trade out of that 4 pick. If you because if you want a wide receiver, you're going to get a good one in the middle of the round. Might as well double up yeah. those picks. Um, you don't need to take a Garrett Wilson, a Jamison Williams, or, or any of those guys at four. So if there's not a tackle or something you want, trade out, get your guy at ten, and then you can draft wide receivers later in the round. I mean, they are pro- you're you're right. They're in my opinion, if they're thinking logically, which it's not always logical. Sometimes these guys fall in love with a guy. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, they should trade out. All right, we'll get to that Saints-Eagles pick, kind of who won, who lost, and what that might do to the middle of the round. Um, There's a little bit of buzz around Trayvon Walker now going number one overall. You're high on him, having him go three. Yeah. Any chance that this rumor is legitimate, or do you think the Texans know that – or not the Texans, excuse me, the Jaguars know that teams like Houston, maybe Detroit, maybe the Jets, like Walker – and therefore, they're trying to get out of that one spot and throwing a little smoke up there. Any, what do you think about this rumor? I think there's something to the rumor. Look, I think Trayvon Walker is phenomenal. He's a great talent, great combine. Um, do I buy him going number one overall? The talk is he's going either one or two, maybe slide to three. Like I think sliding to three only because of Malik Willis 
at two in my mock draft right now to the Lions, but I think he's a top two pick. I could definitely see him going first overall. Um, I don't think there's any sort of smoke screen for the Jaguars to be taken or for them to be setting for other teams um, because it's not like they're going to trade down from first overall. Um, you don't so think so? I, I just can't see it. Um, I don't know who their trade partner would be. You want to trade up to get one of these pass rushers? Their pass rushers are so deep. you got Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, like – the potential teams that trade up to first overall to get Trayvon Walker would are you're looking at teams that are have to be in the top 10 already. And if you're in the top 10 already, you already have a good shot at getting one of the top three guys. So unless you really love Trayvon Walker, you pull the trigger, but is it worth, you know, mortgaging your future for one guy when you could have uh Kayvon Thibodeau and have, keep all your first round picks in the future? I don't know. To me, it's just not worth it. But yeah. I think he's a phenomenal talent for sure. Another angle to it would be, are they signaling to maybe a team like Carolina, who Carolina's got to be on the phone. They're seeing all this stuff that's going on. They know that teams are going to try and leapfrog them. Are they signaling like, hey, we really love a guy and we're happy staying put. So if you're going to try and move up with us, the package is going to have to be representative of that. And are they driving up the value of a potential trade? So you think Carolina gets in panic mode and they just sell the farm for the first overall pick to draft either Willis or Pickett? They could. That, that is going to get someone fired. <laughs> They've been linked to every offseason oh, yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. I they're, mean, they're the they're most not, desperate not sl- for a quarterback. They are. And – Unless they love both Pickett and Willis, I or, I do think I do think one of those guys will be there at six. I don't see two of those guys going in the top five. I I agree. But at the same time, if Detroit does pick Malik, Carolina for three picks has got to be sweating bullets. You, you I mean the Saints now have capital. You talked about last week the right. Steelers being a surprise team to maybe move up. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's teams that need quarterbacks that might mortgage their future. And if you're Carolina and you're desperate, are you willing to sit back and see if that happens? You make a good point. That's, that's a, that's probably the worst case scenario for Carolina. If they think they need to move up to three after Malik, if they see Malik Willis go at two and they need to move up to three, and make a panic trade with the Jets or the Giants, one of those two teams at three and four, that would be chaos scenario for Carolina of mortgaging their future and maybe getting Kenny Pickett. That's crazy to me. It's crazy to me too, because when I hear the name Kenny Pickett, I don't like the fear of God doesn't strike, you know, me. No, it's not. Like, like I feel some... like he's Daniel Jones. I think his ceiling is like, Derek Carr ish. Like that's his ceiling. And I'm not he, giving up that for Derek Carr. He he honestly could be like the next Sam Darnold, who they right. already have. Right. So Flip I mean, side of this. Do you yeah, think do you think they just say screw it and pick a tackle at six if if they're not gonna take a quarterback? Do you just hit, like take a tackle at six and just roll with Sam Darnold for twenty million this year and just hit reset next year that's the smart thing to do yeah but 
you and I have talked about, they smell desperate. Yeah. Uh, Matt rule may be on borrowed time. Right. And when you're on borrowed time, you don't, you don't really care about three years down the road. Cause if you don't win this year, you don't have a job. Exactly. So, you know, take a flyer on a kid like Pickett or Willis, depending on who's available. I mean, if Willis falls to them at six, they got to be ecstatic. I know yeah. they've, they seem to have been high on Pickett, but Willis, I think is in the last three weeks here, everything I've heard, he's the clear quarterback one in this draft. Yeah. But if he goes at two, God, they got to be panicked. And I could see them trading with Houston at three. I could see them trading with the Jets at four. The longer they wait, though, the longer the opportunity for a team to leapfrog them becomes. And Right. See, before last week, I thought, okay, Malik Willis, the Lions, I could see that. Um, And then there was, like, really, like, no other team in the top ten that would, like, really jump Carolina to – reach to get picket but now you got this that saints deal and now all bets are off the table and carolina has just got to be you know like you said they're sweating bullets now because they don't know what their uh division rival is going to do and just leapfrog them and steal their quarterback yep and like we talked about a little bit last week the draft starts at number two yep i mean there are so many downhill effects to what the lions do at two because if the lions play it i don't know if smart's the right word because willis might be that guy but if they play it safe and they go walker if he's there they go hutchinson if he's still there at two they go thibodeau you know one of those edge rusher types or even neil cross or um what's his name Uh, yeah yeah um I'm going to screw that up for the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, the kid from NC State. Yeah. If they go that direction, then I think Carolina takes a big deep breath because they yeah. still they still might get jumped, but at least one of their two guys is going to be there. I don't see the Jets taking a quarterback. No. I don't see the Giants taking a quarterback. So uh, Houston's not going to take a quarterback. So even if the, if one of those three teams trades back, one of your guys should be there. Right. right. So I think I think they're probably making some phone calls this week. Hey, if this happens on draft night, are you willing to move back a couple spots? Uh, I'd have to think those conversations are happening. Exactly. Right. Um, okay. The last thing I want to talk about uh, for the first 10 picks, and then we uh, will get into 11 through 20 here. If the Falcons go wide receiver, do you think the Jets go wide receiver at 10? Like, do you, could you see... I saw someone say that there might be six wide receivers go in the first round of this draft, which would be yeah. a ton. That's a lot. The last couple drafts, so I think we've seen about six, five, six, seven in the first round. So, I mean, it's kind of about average for now in this new NFL. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams are seeing where the wide receiver market's going, and we talked yeah. about the value of rookies and yeah. locking a guy up for five years. Yeah. But if – let's assume – Two wide receivers, probably top two are Garrett Wilson and Jameson Williams. Let's assume they go eight and ten. Do we uh, have it? Do you, are you, you so got? sure? Drake London. Can you see Drake London going at ten? That's what I struggled with with the Kyle Hamilton pick. It was either going to be Kyle Hamilton for me or Drake London at ten. So you you know get a nice big bodied receiver for Zach Wilson, six foot five, huge catch radius. Um, Great yak, um, 
paired him with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, CJ Uzama. You could do that. I could see that happening at 10. Or do you give Robert, Robert Sala some more defensive help and go Kyle Hamilton? So, so if, if they go, let's, let's say London, I think he's a fine candidate at 10. Yeah. Does that start a run on receivers? Like, could you see not only six guys go in the first round, but could you see, could you see five guys maybe go before the Packers even pick at twenty two? I could see that. I could see that because you got you got a couple teams. The Texans are always a wild card at thirteen. They could take any position. Um, let's see. You got the Eagles twice. They're probably going to take one of the wide receivers. Right now, I have the Chargers taking a wide receiver because they their team is so deep already they could just take another wide receiver another weapon for Justin Herbert so we can see there and then the Steelers the Steelers just lost James Washington they lost Juju they could take a, a potential receiver if they're not going to take a quarterback in the draft um, so you definitely have teams and then you have the Pats at uh, 21 they could take a receiver there's so many people there every team I feel could add a receiver and be okay with the deal if New Orleans stays put with their two picks, they could yeah, pick a wide receiver. They could pick a wide receiver too. Yep. So you could you could see you know five receivers go before pick twenty two. Just the collective Green Bay Packers fan base just heads exploded. Um, right. Right. But that's what we were talking about last week. Is do you, if you're the Packers and you see that run on receivers going, do you take twenty two and maybe one of your second round picks and try and move up to like you know mid teens and snag your guy at the end if i i wouldn't mind that as long as they keep one of their first if as long as they get two picks in the first round and as long as they have a second round pick so if you trade 22 and what is it 53 or whatever their first second round pick is and you package those for pick 17 i'm fine with it because then you get you pick 17 you pick 28 and then you still have a second round pick packers for as talented as they are they have they need a lot of work um, I mean, uh, the NFC's the NFC's down, but I mean, I'd love to see them bolster their offensive line depth. They need a wide receiver. They're probably going to draft two, whether it's in the yeah. first and the second or the first and the third. I think they're going to, they're going to draft a couple guys to try and replace Adams. Yeah. Because, you know, as you know, Lazard's fine, Cobb's okay when healthy, mm-hmm. but God, that's it. I mean, unless yeah. Amari Rogers takes a huge step forward, I just didn't see it out of him last year. Right. Um, you know, they need they need a lot of help on offense at the skill, at least at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, I liked your Penning pick at twenty two. So if you're going to trade that pick away, you know, is Penning still there at twenty eight? Is you know, is there another guy they like? I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, I don't know, you want to get into this 11 through 20 here? Let's, before we run through it, I, okay. I want to go back to the New Orleans-Philly trade okay. real quick. So, for those listening at home, um, it's a little, it's kind of a little convoluted because there is a lot of picks swapping here. So, essentially, the Eagles traded two of their first three round, two of their three first round picks to New Orleans in exchange for five picks. So the Saints get picks 16, 19, and 194. The Eagles get pick 18, 101, 
237 in this draft, then they get a first-round pick next year and a second-round pick in 2024. So the Eagles were sitting at 16 um, – hold on one second. They were sitting at 15, 18, and 19. No. God, this is confusing. 15, 15, 16, and 19. 15, 16, and 19. Yep, thank you. Um. So now they sit at 15 and 18, and the Saints are at 16 and 19. So Philly, sitting with three picks, three picks and five selections, said, we got to get out of here. Um, according to their GM, the goal has always been to have multiple picks in 2023. Yeah. So he found a willing partner to get rid of one of his first rounds essentially this year to have two next year. Plus you want to talk, talk about picks. why that might be? I mean, next year's draft class is so much better than this year's draft class, in my also, opinion. Also, there's a lot more quarterbacks available. Yeah, so now you have multiple first round picks. I don't. I mean, Philly's probably going to be at the end of the round. New Orleans, or I mean, the so now they hold the pick from. God, it's hard to keep track of all this. So 19 was Philly's original pick, and 16 was Indy's original pick. And so now 18 was New Orleans' original pick. So next year, Philly will have their own pick and New Orleans' pick. Yeah. You figure New Orleans is going to be somewhat down. I think they're still probably going to be a competitive team. Philly has a chance to do some damage in the in a very bad NFC East and a very down NFC in general. So you figure they're going to be picking probably in the teens and the 20s somewhere. Um, well, let's talk about that because you have Jalen Hurts here. I think he's going to be going into close to the last uh, leg of his deal here. Mm-hmm. I think this is a make-or-break deal then for Jalen Hurts. So if he comes out and and proves himself, all right, you got your franchise quarterback. If he doesn't and he fails and you don't win the division and you're picking between like 10 and 15 again and you have these two first-round picks – do you look at quarterback next year? So the answer would be yes, right? If they yeah. win, even if they win nine games like they did last year and they make the playoffs as a seven seed and they lose yeah. in the first round, that's the end of the Jalen Hurts experiment, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah, I do, uh, especially since you're in a bad division. Like, I think Dallas is a team to watch this year. I know I've kind of been mocked on this podcast for my stance, thinking that they could make a deep run. Um but they could also be completely average and do what Dallas does, which is be a good team and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. The Giants are going to be bad. They're rebuilding. Uh, Washington, they have so many problems that go beyond football that I don't know how competitive they're going to be. <laughs> um, not to mention, like, with the Snyder stuff, they could lose draft picks. They could, I mean, that franchise could be in some trouble. So if you don't make the playoffs, if you don't make a run in a bad division, in a bad conference. I mean, I could... injuries always can come to play. You've no true, idea. I mean, true. So, true. I mean, on paper, yeah, I think I might be a playoff team. But, you know, if Jalen Hurts, you know, tweaks an ankle here, sprains a labrum there, you know, you could look at six wins. And then if you're like, you know, sitting around eight to 12, use those two first two first round picks and try and move up to get one of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whatever. Well, that's where I was going to go with it though. In order to get 
one of those guys, you have to trade up to two. Yeah. I think it's there's going to be it's going to be, in my opinion, way too early. But Stroud, uh, Young, and then that kid from Alabama, the edge rusher, um, Anderson. Is that his name? Um, oh God, You'd have to look like, it up. He'd had like he had like 15 sacks last year. He's a monster. Those three guys will be yeah. one, two, and three. Yeah. So you got to get into top two or top three. For them to do that, they probably would have to have a pick in the top 10 yeah. and then pair it with a pick in the teens. Yeah. So, you know, they either hope that they're not very good or New Orleans isn't very good. Because if you got like picks like 18 and 26, that's probably not going to do enough. I don't know. They have so much draft ammunition. They could do the two first round picks, their first round pick in 2023, Three. 2024. Four, um, and then you that second round pick to pick up from New Orleans, their set own second round pick. I mean, they got draft ammunition to move up and down the board. It just kind of depends on who those first two teams are going to be drafting up there if they're willing to even pass on their aspirations for the quarterback position, if they need a quarterback, or what have you. A thought just popped into my head. Like, do you see – could you see a team like Detroit moving up from 32 in this year's draft to to get Ritter, Pickett if something's if somebody slips? Because if I'm Philadelphia, it's like ah, keep pick 32. Give me your first round next year. Just keep building assets for the future. For future, if you got a quarterback you love next year, because um, I think. Going- that all goes again against Jalen Hurts. If they have a vote on confidence of Jalen Hurts, then you know you try to surround him with talent. If you don't think he's the guy, then you're looking for draft assets for the future to move up. Yeah. Interesting. So back to the trade. Do you feel like there's a winner? If so, uh, who and why? It's got to be the Eagles. The Eagles took advantage of, I think, the Saints' desperation here for a, for maybe a, a, a stepping stone move to get – a higher aspiration for a pick in the first five picks. But I mean, you got an extra first round pick next year. You spread out your first round picks from three this year to one. Now it's two and two. You've got an extra second round pick in the future. I mean, how can you not call the Eagles the early winners here? It's definitely better long-term thinking and you're right. They don't have to be desperate, which is always a better place to be. The Saint. I saw a tweet from Andrew Brandt, and it's I think very true. This is very Saints-like, though. It's the same way they handle the cap. Like, let's figure out the now. We'll worry about the future in the future. Let's just, you know, we yeah. we want to get a guy now, or yeah, or if they like those picks, they like two guys now. But like, we'll figure this out later, and the future be damned. Let's try and win now. I saw um, something floating around in the Twitterverse is that they were willing to give up the picks right now, and that they're going to try and recoup the picks in the back end with hopefully a team trading for Sean Payton. And they think that maybe they can get a first-round pick for Sean Payton in the future, which is completely bonkers thinking to me. That's how you can just kind of bake that into your whole construction of roster and draft assets. Well, and that's assuming that Sean Payton even comes out of retirement. Exactly. Like Sean Payton's going to get paid millions of dollars to talk about football, let alone exactly working forty hours in three. I mean, the coach, the coaches probably work ninety to a hundred hours a week, if not more. Mm-hmm. 
you take all that stress out. You don't have to win, and yet you're still making. I don't know. He's probably making between two and four million dollars this year. I would guess to commentate. Yeah. Like, would you? I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to go back to that lifestyle. The only team I could even think about giving up a first round pick for Sean Payton right now is if the Cowboys flounder, fire Mac, and then are desperate and hire Sean Payton. That's the only team I can see giving up a first round pick next year because of their scenario here. And you would have to find like it would have to be a team that Peyton's excited to go to. I think you'd be excited about the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys would be one answer. Yes. Yeah. But like outside of that, like how many teams who are built to win. Right. Almost immediately. Would Sean Payton be excited about going to? Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, that is a bold strategy to create that in your long-term planning. <laughs> Just going to bake that in there. Hopefully it works out <laughs> for the best. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, let's run through Let's run through your picks now. So at 11, we got the Washington Commanders. Yes. Uh, who do you like going at 11? So the Washington Commanders, their defense uh, on paper, the front seven looks amazing. Um, they ran into some trouble with the pass defense. So I have them taking Derek Stingley at 11 overall. Um, tremendous corner. He had just had his pro day last week. He ran a 4-3-7-40, pretty much solidified his draft stock as one of the best corners in the game coming out in the draft. Um, I think he could he could be one that goes in the top 10, but I have him sliding here to 11. And the commanders, I think, take him in a heartbeat. You pair him with Kendall Fuller. Uh, Will Jackson had a down year last year, but you you put those three together, um, you're looking at a pretty potent uh, defensive um, unit there uh, to go in the NFC East. I th- and I think if they're going to be competitive, that's their way to do it. It's defense. Um, just two years ago, I think they had a top 10 defense in the NFL. Um, they did. Carson Wentz, I don't have the same level of hate for him that the rest of the NFL seems to have. Um, I think he can do enough to be a 9-10 win team. Uh, yeah. But it, it's going to be that defense. I mean, they're going to be like – they're going to have to try and be the Tennessee Titans where they're winning games 21-14. to 14. Like, if that defense is giving up 30 points a game, like Carson Wentz ain't the guy to outgun a team. Oh, yeah, for sure. But on the flip side, Carson Wentz has probably the best receiver he's ever played with, Jerry McLaurin this year. He's got a nice running back. He's got some weapons on an offense. I, I, with, love, I love Logan Thomas at tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this could be a nice little Carson Wentz year. They, I think they could be in the running with the Eagles to take that division this year. Yeah. That would be fascinating to watch. Um, what did you make of Stingley's workout? So, you mentioned the 4-3-7. I think the official time slid to 4-4, four, four, okay. um, which is still elite still speed that, for yeah. a corner. He had a 38 and a half inch vertical and I saw a trainer comment like this is pure athleticism because his form was terrible, but he, he's just that <laughs> athletic. His agility times weren't great if we're being honest, but yeah. he's still an elite athlete. Does the injury history scare you at all? Or is this guy just too talented? You got to take a flyer on him. Uh, I think he's too talented. I'm not worried about the injury history. Um, the agility time. I think that's – I mean, it's not as big of a thing. I think he's more of a boundary corner than he is a slot corner. I think the slots, you need more agility there, mm-hmm. like a Jair Alexander. But, um, 
you could put Kendall Fuller. He's your slot corner in Washington. I think he'd be fine as a as a boundary corner there for um, Ron Rivera's defense. So I have no problems taking Stingley. I think he's you know a plus prospect here. And for a guy that most of the year, if you follow mock drafts, I mean, a lot of people who follow this really closely has had him as a top five pick. He's been a top five pick since his freshman year. And then, you know, saw well, his freshman year, he just yeah lit the world on fire down at LSU. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you're Washington and this guy falls to you at 11, you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, at number 12, Minnesota, which – Minnesota's got to be feeling pretty good. I mean, they have a a decent roster. That defense is aging. But they were an eight-win team last year, and they got to pick at 12. So who do you got the Vikings taking at 12? Um, so they also uh, they need some cornerback help. They re-signed Patrick Peterson. Uh, Cam Dantzler is so-so. He's coming out a little bit better. But um, I have them taking Trent McDuffie from Washington, cornerback. Um, he's got – uh, great speed. He's a pretty safe prospect. Um, I don't think he's a, his bus rate is probably the, the like least amount of any of these corners. Um, he could be a slot for you. So Trent McDuffie seems like a nice safe pick for them. Yeah. Um, agreed. I always have a hard time, um, you know, kind of grading the West coast prospects just because, I'm old and I have a hard time staying up to watch those Pac-12 games. Right. Um, but I've heard a lot of good things about that kid from Washington, McDuffie. Um, I wonder if there's not someone on the defensive line that Minnesota likes, if someone slides to them, just yeah. because um, what's his name, Hunter, he's got – He's getting a little bit older. He's got a huge cap hit. Is it is it Daniel? Is it Daniel or Daniel? Daniel. Daniel Hunter. Um, he's got a huge cap hit coming up. I can see him being like a post June first cap casualty, but they'd have to find somebody to replace him. And I wonder if that might be a direction they go at twelve if they got a guy they like there. I can see that. I also like this has to be a defensive pick, pretty much no matter what, right? It, it has to be. So um, I, I, I flirted with Devin Lloyd at first, um, maybe a pass rusher. I ultimately settled on a cornerback for them just because, I mean, you still have to deal with Aaron Rodgers twice a year. You're going through that. Um, you got to play with Stafford. If you, if you think you're going to the playoffs, you got to go against Stafford. You got to go against Tom, Aaron. Like you need somebody that can hold up on the back end and right. And they, uh, they picked Cam Dantzler. They picked another guy from TCU. I forgot his name, but he already flamed out of the league, got in some legal trouble. So they have old Patrick Peterson. They got him back for a year, but they really got nothing left after that. Harrison Smith at safety is getting older. Um, so I think they, they're pretty light in the secondary. Is this too early for a guy like N'Kobe Dean to come off the, the board? Anthony Barr is no longer there. In Minnesota, he's, not, he's, a, he's still a free agent. He hasn't signed anywhere. Yeah, Anthony Barr really uh, fell off. Um, he was supposed to be a New York Jet, backed out of that deal, went back to the Vikings, and then kind of now just regressed into free agency. Um, Eric Kendricks is getting older. So I could see a Devin Lloyd, maybe a Nicobe Dean. I think Devin Lloyd's better than Nicobe Dean, 
He's a little bit bigger. Um, I don't think N'Kobe Dean did much any of any workouts. I don't think he ran his 40. Um, no. Devin Lloyd. He's kind of relying on his uh... – On his tape. Yeah. yeah. But N'Kobe Dean's like five foot eleven. Like, he's more of a smaller guy. Um, so, if you like that, usually like my linebacker, linebackers more like 6'2", 6'3", yeah. not 5'11". But teach their own. All right. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It has to be – this pick has to be defense. Has to be. Um, okay. At 13, then, we get Houston's second pick of the draft. Um, who do you like here? So I got Jordan Davis from Georgia going to Texans. Get a nice big nose tackle there in the middle of your defense. Lovey Smith took over as head coach down there. Uh, right now, at third overall, they got Trayvon Walker. You pair him with Jordan Davis. Your front seven is looking pretty nice. Um, Lovey Smith hopes to keep his job more than one year and get the get uh, you get the pair of two Bulldogs together coming from the elite national championship team. I think that just makes sense, and you just keep building that front seven. Uh, you got Davis Mills on offense. Brennan Cooks is re-signed. Um, I think you're okay there. Larry McTunsell's up manning that left tackle. Um, so a couple of these big position groups on offense are pretty much manned already. Defense needs a lot of help too. So I have them taking Jordan Davis. Uh, you and I, I think, subscribe to the Jordan Davis fan club. Oh, um, yes. I love a man that size who can not only run like he can run, but yeah, he had a good broad jump. He had a good vert. I mean, for a guy who's 340 pounds, yes. he moves like no other human has ever moved. Um, he can be, he can do if so could, many things for you. If I could squeeze him into my top 10, I would. I am all in on Jordan Davis. If you can keep that weight off and keep him around, you know, around 330, 340, the man is a monster. Yeah. I, I, he's, you compare him in one of our conversations to Vita Vey. I think he's even more athletic than Vita Vey. He can just do so many things in the yeah. middle of that line of scrimmage. Not to mention, like, if the play bounces outside, he's chased down running backs. Oh, he can pursue that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me, like, when the Packers won their Super Bowl in 2010, like, that's who B.J. Raji was. Like, a guy yeah. in the middle. Like, when you're playing 3-4, you got to keep the line, offensive line off the linebackers. And Jordan Davis can do that for you. He can just plug the middle. Not to, He gets this reputation of only being a two-down guy, and I don't know where that comes from because I feel like he can generate enough pressure up the middle. He may not have the sack numbers. So but... the thing at Georgia is he didn't have to pass rush because he had so many you – know, you have Trayvon Walker, you got Quay Walker, you got Nicobe Dean, you got all these dudes on, on defense. You got Devontae Wyatt paired right next to him. Like you have all these dudes, so he didn't really have to, you know, carry the pass rush. You notice him on film because he's the biggest dude on the field, and mm-hmm. he has all these, you know, first round picks around him. Um, but yeah, he can toss people left and right. You, you have to commit. He, I'm not saying he is Aaron Donald, but he have to have that same uh, type of thinking of committing two to three guys to him in the run game, and every, you know, every possession or every mm-hmm. um, play. I mean, so just that level of schematic work against one player, that's going to be tough to deal with for any offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love that pick. I think it's great. It's funny that both Georgia Bulldogs are going to, to Houston. Um, but if you're, if you're Houston, man, you got to, you play Derrick Henry twice a year. You play Jonathan Taylor twice a year. Um, 
I mean, even uh, Robinson and Jacksonville, like you got to be able to stop the run and a good pass rush with being able to stop the run. will do that, that defense, a lot those corners, you know, a solid. And I think that's yeah. probably the right way to rebuild this team. So, and I feel like with the Texans here, with him having like basically starting from scratch, you can zig where everyone's zagging. There's so many quarterbacks in the AFC. Just build your elite defense and just and you know roll with Davis Mills and see what happens. Davis Mills becomes your franchise guy, like a Dak Prescott maybe, like you know that third, fourth round pick that kind of comes comes on and just takes takes the reins and becomes your franchise quarterback. That's you know a cherry on top. Mm-hmm. But if you can just build that defense while everyone else is going offense, more power to you. Well, and then we talked about it earlier. You suck again. Next year is the year to suck. And right. Uh, go get your guy next year, whether it's Young, Stroud, whoever it might be. Um, you got to be thinking if you're a team like the Texans, you got to be thinking long term because you can't. The Texans can't do enough right now yeah. to be competitive in in this next year. It's, they're just too far behind. We keep referring to next year as like you know tanking for those two quarterbacks. Do you think it's the hype around those two quarterbacks is kind of the hype around it was around Trevor Lawrence? Like we need to tank for Trevor. Let's tank get the, one of those two quarterbacks. The thing about next year's draft class is yes, I think the hype for Stroud and young is real. The thing that Lawrence didn't have, like Zach Wilson, at least in my opinion was like a clear quarterback two in that draft. Yeah. If you are drafting one or two next year and you need a quarterback, I don't know if you care. Um, as we get closer to the draft next year, Bryce young, the big knock on yeah. him is going to be short. He's only five yeah. ten. Yeah, he's, um, kind of, he's kind of thin too. Yeah. If you are a fan of CJ Stroud, the knock on him is going to be that Ohio State quarterbacks so far have not <laughs> yeah, uh, done well in the NFL. Um, I mean, Fields, we'll see. It's probably too early to tell. But, you know, Haskins, rest in peace. He struggled. I mean, yeah. call it how it is. I know Schefter yeah. got destroyed on Twitter for including that in a death tweet. But I mean, just looking at the performance of Ohio State quarterbacks, they haven't they haven't met that expectation yet. So can Stroud do it? But I mean both of those guys were at the Heisman ceremony last year. They're both going to be back this year. Yep. They're both coming out of school next year. But to take it one step further, there's other guys in this quarterback draft class who could be the third, fourth, fifth quarterback in that draft. I think the class will be compared to the twenty twenty class, right? Or 2021, where you had like class was what Tua and Herbert and Burrow, right? Um, yeah, I was thinking more like last year's class where you had Trevor Wilson, Mac Mac Jones was the fifth fifth quarterback off the board, and he was probably the best rookie quarterback last year. Yeah, I think that'll be this 2023 class. Okay, I'd agree there. Yeah, um, okay, so then we got. Uh, Baltimore at 14. Baltimore continue to go defense. They just re-signed uh, Calias Campbell. Yes. He stays put. Um, what, do you, what do you got Baltimore doing at 14? So 14, I got them taking Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher out of Florida State. Love uh, that kid. They they lost Judon. They lost Darius Smith over the past couple of years. They got Jason Oway from Penn State. Um, they just need to keep building that pass rush. Uh they need a lot of help on defense. They got destroyed last year on defense. Um, I mean, injuries played a big part of it, but they just have no pass rush. Um, so they 
if they can get Jermaine Johnson, that'd be a great move for them. Uh, yes, I completely agree. And if you're a kid like Jermaine Johnson, I could see uh, the kid from Purdue. Um, Carlaftis? Yeah, George yeah. Carlaftis going here. Yeah. Whether it's one of those two guys, what a perfect spot to land. You mentioned who Baltimore has been able to develop. They got a recipe in Baltimore for getting guys like Judon, like Zadarius. Like, if you're one of these two guys, what a perfect spot to go. Because um, yeah. you got a chance to really build into a superstar just from that coaching staff. You know where Jermaine Johnson uh, went to college before um, Florida State? No, I don't. Georgia. Mm, there you go. Can you imagine being in that that you know linebacker room in Georgia, looking around at me like I got to transfer? Oh God. Not only, do you, not only do you have to get not only do you have to get out of there, <laughs> but then you're still a top fifteen pick. Right. But like you're you're in this room, you're like, I could be, you know, not heard from, you know, playing <laughs> playing behind Trayvon Walker and all these guys. I need to transfer, you know. And then he, you know, does his thing at Florida State and gets to be a top fifteen pick. But, you know, if he didn't transfer, who knows? It's just amazing that, you know, all these programs like Alabama and Georgia get these just have factories i'm just oh yeah our backup's a top 15 pick no big deal yeah and he you're right he <laughs> is a factory um but he's he's gotta be pretty thrilled if he does go to baltimore i think that would be a good fit for him yeah okay now we have the first of the two philadelphia picks at 15 mm-hmm. um who do you like going at 15 so Philly, I think Philly is looking for their uh, wide receiver to pair with Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager was not the answer. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was not the answer a couple of years ago. Uh, Got to get Jalen Hurts some weapons. So I got them taking Drake London from USC. And I saw a six-foot-five wide receiver, tremendous catch radius. Like I said, great yak. Um, he can take it. Uh, he, can, he can take it a distance if you need it. Um, Jalen Hurts gets a guy that he doesn't have to be completely accurate with, can throw it a little wide if he need to. Um, and right now on that roster, they just don't have a big-bodied wide receiver. They have Dallas Goddard, but you need somebody outside that you can just throw it up to. So I think they go Drake London. Um, it's interesting. Apparently they are taking calls um, for uh, Regar. Uh, yeah, which would be interesting if they decide to move on from him. If they do, I think you're right. Wide receiver seems to make the most sense. I wonder though, they've been tied to Jordan Davis. So you have him off the board already. Yeah. Will they pair these picks to go up and get them? They, they seem to be looking for the next generation of Fletcher Cox in that defense. Um, because Cox has one year left, Hargraves has one year left. They could take somebody there. We'll see. I mean, Jordan Davis would be a nice fit there. I have him off the board already. You could take like a Devontae Wyatt, pair him with Cox and Hargraves on the defensive line, add depth there. Um, it kind of depends on which way you want to go with that first first round pick. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Next at 16, we got. New Orleans. So I guess first question before we get into their picks, because they got two of the next four picks. Yeah. 
do they stay put or what's your gut tell you how how far up do you think they move up do you think they get all the way up in the top five with these two picks um i think they could move up to about five ish with these two picks i think that's where like the if you go by the draft chart where the points were right out i think i've heard it could get up to like five is like the max um there's no way they can stay put at 16 and 19 that would if you if you made a uh, draft trade to move, move to move up this early just to get ahead of the chargers at 17 the chargers can look at you on draft day and just be like okay we'll spend a fourth round pick to move up with the ravens and get yeah. you know it's, it's, it makes no sense well so, and you mentioned I don't, well, I don't know if you mentioned it last week but the chargers kind of have a luxury they've done a ton in free agency yeah they have a top God, five, seven quarterback in the league on a rookie deal. Yeah. Like they they don't have a ton of glaring needs. Yeah. To the point where they might take a wide receiver just as a luxury. Exactly. So, you know, if they if New Orleans really did want to jump them, you gotta be going charge failure. All right, go for it. You know, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like it makes no sense to make it that early. So there's I think there's no way they, they stay put at 16 and 19, but if they had to stay put, I got them taking Charles Cross with their first first round pick here, uh, left tackle. Um, phenomenal pass blocker. Um, we'll see how he does in the run game, but his his big thing coming out is he's probably the best pass blocker in the draft. Um, the passing league now, I think he he's going to be a nice fit there in New Orleans. Anywhere he goes, he's going to be a nice fit. Um, especially if you want to look at air raid offense, like a Arizona type offense, but um, he could be probably the best pass blocker in this draft. It would be, I think amazing for new Orleans to get a player of his caliber at what pick are we on now? 15, uh, uh, 16, 16, excuse me, 16. Excuse yeah. me. Um, I mean, you and I talked last week, any one of these tackles could go in the top five or seven. Right. Um, so for him to slide to 16, they get their Terrence Armstead replacement. Mm-hmm. I would love that pick. Uh, they've, they I don't know if they need to go and get a quarterback. They've committed to Jameis for the next two years. Jameis when healthy, although he's a goofy dude has proven that he still can play. Um, he like can play. Four. He just got knocked down the turnovers. If he can do that, he's going to be a good quarterback. He was on his way last year. I mean, he had. I think when he got hurt, he had like fourteen picks or fourteen touchdowns and like five picks, which was much yeah. better than his thirty for thirty year the year before. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is New Orleans is staring at Tom Brady for another year, and you know that's that's tough. It's Tampa's division to lose. So if they're trying to be competitive now, that might be what they're thinking. So. I think if they got cross at 16, that's really good. I think yeah, that that's would be phenomenal. Value. Phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. We got the chargers at 17. Do they go wide receiver here? 17. Yeah. I think they're going wide receiver. I got them taking Jamison Williams from Alabama wide receiver. Um, might be the fastest player in the draft. Um, this guy can actually can fly. He's got multiple gears. He might be the best wide receiver. The turn, the torn ACL in the championship game knocked him down a little bit here. Um, past Drake London, past Garrett Wilson. I could easily see him, if he was healthy, um, being wide receiver one of this draft class. Um, so the Chargers get a phenomenal value pick here. They keep it moving. 
give Justin Herbert more weapons. You add him to um, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams just re-signed. That offense is loaded. You got to score points for the AFC West, and with this pick, you're looking at 30, 35 points a game. Yeah, the Chargers, as I just mentioned, have a little bit of a luxury. Um, they've yeah. done a ton in free agency. They, you know, they were a borderline playoff team last year. I agree. It's they either go wide receiver just to try and outscore everybody, or I think they they got to go defense to try and stop somebody. I mean that AFC West is ridiculously loaded. Do they go corner here? Do they go linebacker here? Do they try and beef up that defense? You know their pass rush seems to be set. They got Bosa and now Mac. I don't know if edge rusher is a good fit, but you know do they go? linebacker secondary well they just signed jc jackson they got asante right. samuel jr last last year in the draft you got derwin james you got nasir adderley you got you just you got um kenny murray from oklahoma you drafted like a year or two ago you signed sebastian joseph day from the rams like they spent money and draft they capital did. on that defense so i can see them going offensive line or wide receiver in this pick hmm yeah, offensive line's always a good pick, especially when you have a young quarterback. Got to keep the, got to keep Herbert healthy because, exactly. as good as their roster is, he does a Joe Burrow and gets his knee blown out, He's misses the, the season. Yeah, you're back to, you know, four wins, unfortunately. Right. Okay, and then we got Philly's second pick. Philly's second 18. pick. I have them taking Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. This guy is probably the best line, middle linebacker. Uh, off-ball linebacker in this draft. Um, he can pretty much do it all. His comparison is to Darius Leonard. Uh, he ran a similar 40, a uh, 470 uh, to Darius Leonard. He's got great ball skills, probably the best uh, coverage linebacker in the draft. Um, and nowadays, the NFL, probably coverage is probably like no, uh, numero uno on the um, requisite skills for a linebacker these days. So I like Devin Lloyd. Well, and you look at that division, that division is tight and heavy. We mentioned Logan Thomas earlier. You got Dalton Schultz in uh, in Dallas. Um, yeah, you got to be able to cover those linebackers. I think uh, they're like linebacker, like their number one linebacker right now, their depth chart is like TJ Edwards or something like that right now. So you need help there. You need help there. And anytime you can get a guy that's remotely compared to Darius Leonard at this right. late in the draft, you got to do it because Leonard's a stud in Indy. Um, mm-hmm. and just got and just got paid like one on a um, million yeah so if you can get a guy well and this it's kind of like the nfl is kind of move into this model too where like middle linebackers that are going to be first round picks they also got to have a little bit of pass rush to them you look at like micah parsons being able to rush from the inside Devin white Devin white a name that i don't think we'll see called on day one but i think day two is leo chanel from the badgers yes. Because sure. he can pass rush up the middle, and he's a freak athlete. Um, I think if you want to be a top middle linebacker now, you can't just be the old like AJ Hawk, where you're six five and two hundred and sixty pounds, and you all you do is stuff the run. The NFL is too dynamic. You got to be able to help in coverage. You got to be able to get to the quarterback. Um, and I think you're seeing that why these guys who are day one, day two guys, they can do kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. I think coverage is probably. Most important these days with all the passing game going on, 
and these tight ends that are coming out to be, you know, six five, six six that runs like gazelles. You got to have somebody that can cover these guys. Uh, I think Lloyd is the next generation with your Devin Whites, your Micah Parsons. Yeah. When when you uh, said Lloyd's name, Devin White was the name that popped in my head, but Leonard's a good comp as well. Yeah. Um, okay, then we got New Orleans' second pick. Let's assume, just for the sake of argument, they stay put. Who yep. do you got New Orleans going at 19? All right, this is going to be a heartbreaker for us, man. At 19, I got them taking Chris Olave. I knew that's where you were Ohio going State. with it. You yep. knew it? Yep, I knew it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense to me. He's kind of a perfect, assuming Michael Thomas can stay healthy, he's kind of a perfect complement to Michael Thomas. Yeah. Um, he's, he seems to be a, a good fit there. It's a 4-3-9, probably the best route runner in the draft. Um, he's got the accolades and everything to go along with it to back it up. He had a great pro day or a combine, I mean. So he in my original mock draft, I think we had him on 28 to the Packers. Yeah. I could see him going 19 to the Saints if they stay there, but we'll see. Yeah, again, I think we both agree that the the goal here for the Saints is to move up somewhere in that top ten to get whether it's a quarterback or somebody that they love, because um, if it's just to add a middle of the round pick, it seems a little bizarre. But if they stay put, um, yeah, I, I could see Olave going 19. That seems to be about where he's going to go. Mm-hmm. And and then to uh, round out the top 20, we got Pittsburgh. What's Pittsburgh go- doing at pick 20? I think Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is another trade up candidate. To be honest, but if they stay put at 20, I'm thinking they're looking at one of these quarterbacks again. And I think you're looking at like a Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral. Sam Howell and that kind of tier. I think they're going to reach for somebody. I got Matt Corral as my QB three this year. So Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Um, great RPO quarterback. He can do kind of, you know, he can come in and compete with Mitch Trubisky. Um, you can sit him for a year and kind of just take your lumps uh, on the field this year with Mitch Trubisky. Give him a year to, you know, watch and learn and not get beat up from Baltimore and all these teams. Um so Matt Corral's my pick. Yeah. The name that the media seems to love as quarterback three right now is Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Um, kind of similar skill sets. I mean, Ritter is your four, four guy. Yeah. Um, another guy who can kind of do it with his legs. I just, I watched him against Alabama. He does not I mean, granted, the talent level is completely different from his wide receivers compared to Alabama's defense, but he just not looked good at all in the Alabama game. So. Yeah, and when you're coming from Cincinnati's conference, you kind of you have to show out in those games because you're kind of kicking the shit out of everybody else. And, exactly. Um, I saw a tweet. It wasn't about Cincinnati. It was about. Uh, it was about Christian Watson uh, mm-hmm. at North Dakota State, and someone said, "Yeah, you got to really look at him individually and kind of ignore his competition because a lot of these guys are going to be dentists or CPAs next year." <laughs> I thought, that was, I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. For uh, sure. <laughs> so it's kind of the same with with Ritter. Yeah. You know, if I'm Pittsburgh, 
I don't necessarily disagree with you that they don't go quarterback. They're another team. I think Tomlin's been at every pro day for, you know, all five of these guys, whether it's Willis, Pickett, um, Corral, Ritter, Sam Howell. I think he's been at all of them. So when the head coach is going to them, you know, they're looking quarterback. But if I'm Pittsburgh again, they signed Trubisky. Is Trubisky going to win you this division? No. No. Right now, they're probably the fourth best team in that division. But is this just a year to kind of suck it up and build for the future? Take a guy at 20 who can help you in other ways. And again, even if you're middle of the road next year, there's going to be three or four guys in next year's draft that are probably all better than, you know. The guys right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw a stat where it was like Mike Tomlin hasn't been below 500. Ever. Ever. So, I mean, does the streak end this year? I don't think so. I think he'll be around, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine, just kind of scraping by wins. They still got a phenomenal defense. Um, So, but again, can you beef that up a little bit? Beef up what? Their defense? Or wherever, whether it's defense, whether it's offensive line, whether it's maybe another weapon. Uh, You mentioned Schuster's gone. Uh, Yeah. Do they draft another? Is this does this they continue could our run on wide receivers? Yeah. Um, the problem with drafting wide receivers is you got Mr. Trubisky, and you know what good's a wide receiver you can't give him the ball. I um, just I don't know. Like Mike and I did this exercise yesterday. We were talking specifically about Baker Mayfield, and we counted about eight teams that would probably take Baker Mayfield over their starting quarterback right now. I feel that way. Like I wonder, like you draft Matt corral here yeah okay like is matt corral that much better than mitch trubisky Um, like if you draft matt corral are you gonna win an extra two or three games over what you're gonna win now with trubisky i i I just feel like you get a quarterback on a five-year cost-controlled contract who has a chance to be better than mitch trubisky i think that's that's the the selling point there yeah. You know, he's, he's got, he's got the mobility like Mitch Trubisky. He's got a nice arm. He can run RPO. He showed that in Ole Miss. He played him against, you know, SEC competition for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that. If you can just kind of rein it in and teach him how to like read NFL defenses, he's got a shot to be good. Um, okay. What is it? Chris Sims. I think Chris Sims has him ranked as QB one this draft. So, and he's got a pretty good track record of ranked quarterbacks. So it does. I wonder though, how much of that is because, you know, maybe we're sleeping on, you know, Matt Corral versus this QB draft class. It's just kind of a cluster. It's just, I mean, I like, I hate we talked, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Is this as bad as the 2013 draft with EJ Manuel being the first guy off the board? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. But it's, it's also doesn't feel like some of these other draft classes. I mean, I don't know. I I, I, mean, I wonder. You had a wow factor last year of the of the draft class last year with you know the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson's, Trey Lance, um, but I just I I hate how everyone's saying how this is a down QB draft class because you just never know. I mean, when Mitch Trubisky was drafted, everyone was saying that was a down class. Yet Mitch went second overall, and who was in that class? Patrick yeah, Holmes, Holmes and Deshaun Watson, and yep. we were down on them. And they went in like like twelve and thirteen or fifteen area, mm-hmm. like you just never know. 
So could Mac Rell be a top 10 quarterback? You don't know, but he's got a shot. And with the quarterback contracts these days in that first round, it's cost controlled. Might as well roll the dice. Yeah. Uh, good points. I personally, if I'm a GM, I like Matt Corral better than I like Kenny Pickett. I would agree. I'm I'm not a Kenny Pickett fan. No. Um, although the consensus seems seems to be that he's probably going to be gone somewhere in the top ten, and Corral's yeah. probably going to have to wait a little bit to hear his name called. Yeah. Uh, um, well, let me okay. ask you who's who's your QB three? Is it is it Corral, Ritter, or Sam Howell? Well, if I have Corral at two, it now becomes is it Pickett, um, Howell, or Ritter? I, th- I still think I like Ritter better than Pickett. I think I'd go Ritter, Pickett, then Howell. I think Howell's Ritter. probably QB five. So wow. Willis, Corral, Ritter, Pickett, Howell. Okay. But again, if you're a team in the second half of the first round, like the Lions might be a candidate to draft a guy at 32. Yeah, if they don't take Willis at two. Or maybe they package 32 and do they yeah, have 32, 32 and like 34. 34? Yeah. yeah, do they package those guys to move up to mid-20s somewhere to draft a quarterback? Yeah. I would be nervous if I'm a Lions fan. Because of that scenario? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just – like if you're not going to take Willis at two, I feel like there's a pretty big drop off between Willis and the rest of this class. I agree. I agree. If I'm taking quarterback, the only guy I'm really taking is Malik Willis. Like I think you gotta, he's going to be a superstar. And you got to um, sell your franchise on hope. Yes. Where you can at least turn to your fans and say, "Look, we got the best quarterback in this draft." Yep. And that's all we can do right now, and we'll let him sit for yeah. a year under Goff. Let Goff win us four games next year and build, you know? So going back to what you just said though, you're, so you think the Lions are, have a, the potential to move off from 32. I have the exact opposite. I think they're going to be the one to move out of 32 for a team to move up into 32 to take like a Sam Howell for that fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great point. Especially if like what you predict and they take Willis at two, I wonder though, if they don't go Willis at two, do they find themselves trading back up into round one yeah. to try and get a Ritter, get a Howell, get a whoever? Yeah. Or do they just stay put and let whoever falls, falls? Because then you get a guy you, – you talked about last you week. You still got Josh Rosen. Goff. You're not, like, You got desperate. Goff, yeah. and you get another cheap quarterback. Even if you got a guy who's – I mean, Trevor Lawrence, like, if you average his salary out, is like $8 million a year. Yeah. That's peanuts for the quarterback. I mean, look at Dalton exactly. who's getting paid $10 million to back up. Nick mm-hmm. Foles is getting paid a ton. Both Bears guys, ironically. Um, <laughs> Shitting on the Bears. <laughs> that's what we do here in Wisconsin. <laughs> um, but both those guys are making eight. I mean, what did Trubisky make last year? Five million just to sit behind Josh Allen? I mean, so it doesn't yeah. kill you to have a, a first-round quarterback, and if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. You trade him to a team who's desperate or move on. Exactly. and Just pivot just like the Cardinals. The Cardinals like basically showed everybody it can be done. You draft Josh Rosen. He's not the answer. Next year, you cut him pretty much. You throw him away for a seventh-round pick. You get mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Like yep. It's so easy to pivot off of him. That's why I say if you want to roll the dice on a first-round quarterback, go ahead. I mean, if you take a guy in the top three, I don't know if you pivot off of him after a year, but yeah. the point is that you can. Well, in drafting a guy at 32, which I think is why you have the Lions moving out of that spot to a team that is a little more desperate – 
it's perfect because if he if you hit like look at Lamar, yeah, perfect, perfect. You got you got him for five years for peanuts. I wanted to bring um, that one up too. So I was listening to a podcast about the, the Lamar Jackson trade, and so like the Eagles had picked thirty two, and they traded or um, yeah, the Eagles had picked thirty two and they traded back to fifty three with the Ravens, and all it costed the Ravens was a second round pick to move up from fifty three to thirty two and take Lamar Jackson. How bad does that trade look on hindsight? Yeah, especially since we've just spent the last hour, you know, asking if Jalen Hurts is the guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you draft Lamar Jackson, you're not having that conversation. The conversation now becomes how much are you going to pay Lamar and how much that's going to be guaranteed? Mm-hmm. That's the question, which yeah, as a franchise, you'd probably rather have that conversation than is this our future, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, man, well, you have anything else out of the top 20 here? Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I just, you know, the saints are just the most intriguing team in that, you know, 11 to 20 range. They got to be moving up. Um, and I can see maybe the Texans sliding back from 13, but yeah, it's going to be, this is probably the most interesting uh, 10 picks of the draft to me right here. Is that 11 through 20? The top 10 is it's always going to be interesting, but I think that this year, more often than not, you've got all these receivers that could go 11 through 20, um, and that's being a Green Bay Packer fan. That's what I'm keeping my eye, my eye on the most is those wide receivers. This is the perfect spot for all of them to go. Yeah, it's – I'm really excited about the top 20 of this draft because whatever happens on draft night at 2, whatever Detroit decides to do is going to be a sequence of events immediately following – yeah. Um, because we've talked about the Saints trading out. Is there a team that's willing to, like the Steelers potentially, to really mortgage the future and move up a ton of spots, similar to what the Bears did last year, to go up and get Fields? There's just a lot of question marks. When does the wide receiver run start? You know, um, and the benefit to teams in the later half of this draft that don't need wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some guys out there. We talked about Cross going at 16. Yeah, like if you need offensive line help and these guys start to slip because there's a one on there's a run on quarterbacks or a run on wide receivers, there can be some some really good value to be had in the second half of this first round, which is good for a lot of different teams. I got a two part question for you here. Okay, which team in the, from eleven through twenty is the most likely to trade out of the eleven through twenty? And you got both the Packers and Chiefs sitting there with two first-round picks at the back end, are those – I mean, I think they're the most likely to trade up in the 11 through 20. But which which team is the most likely to trade back with them? Uh, I'm going to go most likely L.A. Chargers? Yep. I think, okay. I think they don't need to pick there. And if they can – get a couple extra picks a little bit later, I think they'd be willing to do it. Another kind of sleeper team would be Baltimore. Yeah. I could see Baltimore trading out. Second part of the question. If the Chiefs say trade up with either Baltimore or the Chargers, if you're the Packers, are you shitting a brick then? It depends on how deep you think this class is. I guess, but if you're seeing the a Packers, lot of receivers go and the Chiefs move up and snag another receiver, if you're if you're Gutekunst, you gotta be sweating bullets, man. 
the the thing about the Packers, though, and this is true forever, and Gutekinds grew up in this organization. With the, he's a Ted Thompson disciple. If they don't love a guy there, they will either trade out or they're going to pick offensive line. They're going to pick linebacker. And, yes, the fans are going to bitch and moan, but they're not going to reach for a guy and – I don't they think took they, Jordan, would... they took Jordan Love. They reached for Jordan Love. That was a dumb pick all across the board. <laughs> um, I still think he could be all right, but yeah. Now with the whole Aaron Rodgers deal, now it's just a sunk cost. Yeah, it's a sunk cost. And, you know, I saw Mark Murphy say, um, someone asked him if they were going to move on from Jordan Love, and Mark Murphy doesn't even know if Rodgers is going to retire next year. He's like, we're taking it at a year by year basis. But now you lost your fifth year option on Love because they're not going to option him next year. He hasn't even played. No, exactly. You can't, you know, option him for twenty million. That's insane. The move there, if Jordan Love was the right guy, would have been to ship Rodgers off this year. Yep, I agree. And they didn't. They didn't do that. So that makes me believe they realized they made a mistake with Jordan Love, and um, and now they're gonna they're gonna pay the price for that. Um, but I think. If the Chiefs move up to 14 or 17 and they draft a guy, you got Tennessee in the middle of their picks who are now being tied to Traylon Burks. The Cowboys have been tied to Traylon Burks. I guess it depends on how they value this draft class. Do they maybe take a Christian Watson who you're high on? Yeah. At 22, I think he'll still be there, even if some of these teams jump ahead of them. Yeah. Um, do they wait till round two to get a guy like Sky Moore? Um, you know, I could see them. I could see them. You know, going offensive line, defense in some capacities in round one. And well, like then, you were talking about last week, like as a Packer fan, like you want they're going to be demanding that we take a wide receiver first pick, no matter what where it is in this draft. Yeah. So I mean, if you take you know an offensive tackle at twenty-two, they're going to be rioting it at you know Lombardi Avenue. But could you see? Let me ask you this. Let me pick your brain now yeah. let's assume let's assume they kind of follow your formula they go penning at 22 yeah and then let's say they don't go wide receiver at 28 they go yeah. they draft yeah, Lewis sign from georgia yeah. you know okay. something like that um do do they then package picks 53 and 59 to go up into the 30s early 40s to get a guy if Watson's still sticking around, which is where I think he'll go, or Sky Moore. Sky Moore. I could see would, that, but I think on the flip side, like I would love that. Um, taking two first round picks and then adding, like, you know, say, like the Lions at 32, getting that pick, getting like a Christian Watson or a Sky Moore. I could see that. I would love that. I don't know if the average Packers fan would like that, though. Seeing. Because you're, I mean, you're you're essentially between picks twenty two and twenty eight, you're taking probably about you know two hours of you know real time lifetime off the clock here, like watching these picks go by. Twitter versus going to kill you on on these. If you're not taking a wide receiver for the first pick, you'll be waiting you know an hour between picks here. The second pick comes in and you take Lewis Sign. They're gonna they're gonna riot. Things will and, burn. It will. And now you're waiting 24 hours for yeah, the next. Pick. Now you now you have to wait an entire like media night. Uh, they're just them just destroying the Packers. You know Daniel Jeremiah just on NFL Network just bashing them. 
That would be chaos scenario. My message to the Green Bay Packers, put your notifications on silent and remember (laughs) that the average Packer fan is an idiot. Just block out like the rest of the world and just focus on your war room. And the average fan is an idiot. And this is coming from a guy who is a fan, but you know, we, we value certain positions much more than I think teams value. And I would be much less worried about the fans think than I would be worried about what Rogers thinks. What is the new general manager of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, want to do? Um, I mean, they traded a sixth-round pick for an aging Randall Cobb, all because that's what Rodgers wanted to do. Right. So I would be much more worried about appeasing Rodgers than I would the average fan. Mm-hmm. So as long as they're having those conversations with Rodgers on draft night, like, hey, look, if these five guys are gone by the time we pick, just know we're going this direction and we'll get you a guy early in day two. Yeah, as long as he's okay with it, yeah. As long as he's okay with it, then I don't. Then I'm okay with it. Right. You can't pay a guy 150 million dollars over the next three years and just piss him off because <laughs> you know you, you yeah. go offensive line, safety, linebacker, whatever they decide. You know that that would be the worst case scenario. I look. I am a big Gutekunst fan, so wherever wherever position group he goes, whatever guy he takes in the first round, I'm okay with it. His track record, besides Jordan Love has been pretty phenomenal. He's gotten yep. Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Stokes. Um, you know, Eric Stokes. Yeah, he's he's been hitting on all these guys. So. AJ Dillon, who I AJ Dillon t- uh, so Jenkins. AJ Dillon was part of the Jordan Love draft class, correct? That was yes. their second round pick. I yep. I will fully admit I hated that pick. They draft <laughs> Jordan they draft Jordan Love and then they draft yep. Dylan and they were in the NFC championship the year before and I'm like, we just drafted two backup positions. What yeah. are we doing? Mm-hmm. Three years down the road, I'll have to admit that AJ Dylan was a phenomenal pick. Mm-hmm. Um because now you got a little lightning and thunder with him and Aaron Jones. Um so I Gutekins does have a good track record. Um I think they need to be ready. I, I don't know if I love the idea of them. If they can do what you talked about earlier and they can package a first and a second to move up to 17, 14, and get a guy they love, great. I just want them to pick twice on day one. Put it this way. I think there's a greater than 50% chance that they move up in this draft. I think that scenario is probably the best scenario to pick from. I don't think they stay put at 22 and 28. I want them to keep two first-round picks, but I think they have to move up into the teens to get a guy they actually want and one of those receivers if they want to do that. But I, I can't see them staying put and just taking whoever falls. This team has to be aggressive. You've got the chiefs that are ultra aggressive behind them. Uh, the Buccaneers, they got one year left of Tom Brady. Do they get aggressive? The Cowboys, yeah. Jerry Jones is insane. Could he get aggressive and go and get Traylon Burks? Um, the Cardinals, they need receivers, Patriots, all these teams. So I think the most likely scenario in my mind, Packers got to move up into the, you know, 15, 17 area. Yeah. Um, another team to watch that would trade out of that would be the Eagles again. They seem to yeah. just draft picks. So do they trade one of those picks, you know, with the Packers, with the Chiefs? You still get two first rounders. Now you got how many ever second round picks they got, plus yeah. probably a fourth or a fifth that also gets thrown in there. Um, I can, yeah. I can see the Packers going up to the Texans at 13 even still. One of the, one of the, you know, the first and the second you get from Adams, 
the the thing that scares me the most about them drafting wide receiver, and I do think they take a wide receiver day one. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I do think that's an area that they're going to address for all the reasons we talked about. Fans, for as much as they have to say they don't listen to the fans, there's that component. Yeah. And two, we got to appease Rodgers. So I think they do go wide receiver. It's just you have to hit this pick. Like whoever – I mean, think about their wide receiver room right now. Like if you don't hit it, like Alan Lazard's wide receiver one, and he's just not built for that. I mean, he was a decent compliment, but oh god, if you if you draft like a Jerry Judy, like no offense to Judy, and he still may develop, you can't you can't draft a first round guy that's going to get you three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Like that's a disaster. Yeah, you if you draft a wide receiver in the first round here with this pick, he's got to be a thousand and eight touchdowns. That's I think like the minimum he has to be. Whoever yep. it is. Absolutely. And, you know, the guys at the top of the draft, like maybe 13 if you trade up with the Texans or even 14, maybe Drake London's still around. Yeah. That would make me feel comfortable. Jameson, the with, we talked about. The thing about, with Drake London is I think he's probably the worst fit for the Packers because he's like an Ellen Lazard. He's a big-bodied, you know, slower. big catch radius. He's slower. Yeah, I think they need a guy that takes the top off the defense because they lost MVS. But if you go Jamison, like we talked about, the, the knee becomes a little bit more of an issue. Because if he misses the first four weeks of the year because he's still in rehab, like who the hell is going to catch the football for the first four weeks? Right. You got Lazard and Tunyon, who's also yeah. coming off an ACL. I like think you, it's... Need a, you need a guy to step in day one who can give you a legitimate threat. Right. I think they're looking at either Jamison, Olave, or if Garrett Wilson slips, Garrett Wilson. I think those are the three main guys at the top of the board. They need someone that take the top off the defense and that can be a legitimately a legitimate wide receiver one. If I was a betting man, I think Garrett Wilson's probably going to be the first receiver taken. Me too. An eight at the Falcons just feels right right now. Yeah. Um, if the Falcons don't take him, I don't think the Jets let him slip out of the top ten and then see where it goes from there. Um, another guy that I wouldn't hate if the Packers took as long as they didn't move up for him would be Traylon Burks. Yeah. At 22. If you get Burks at 22, I'd be fine with that. That's uh, I had to redo the mock draft, uh, with these, the saints, uh, maneuvers, but I had the Packers taking Traylon Burks at 22. Right. Now. I think that'd be, that'd be a, a good pick. He's, you know, he got ridiculed for running a four, five, five. That's not slow by any means. Yeah. I mean, Adams ran a four six, so yeah, uh, he's a bigger body and he he looks faster on tape. So you know, his comp is AJ Brown. I'll take that all day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we I'm sure next week will really hammer what the Packers are going to do because that will be the actual time we talk about their um, their draft picks at twenty two and twenty eight, whether they trade up or not. Um, and then we'll I think we'll finish the first round, so we'll do twenty through thirty two. Yep. And then on the 25th, the week of the draft, maybe we'll look at some sleepers in day two and day three. Um, guys, guys, you like that might go a little bit later in the draft. So um, thanks again for everybody listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Substack, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you all next week. See you later. Love, love.